Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 9, message titled, Multiply. Jesus is our rest, and that's what he's trying to teach his disciples in this passage. This doesn't have to be a foreign concept to us. In fact, it, it's so prolific within the Bible, it, it comes up over and over again in simile and metaphor and, and statements that the, the apostles and Jesus make that it's just all over the place. Entering into his rest or abiding in Christ and you will bear much fruit. Or the life of faith or life hid with Christ in God, or the crucified life, or reckoning ourselves to be dead to sin and alive to God, or Christ, our hope of glory, or, or what he says in, in, in Romans chapter 12, to, to present ourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. Letting our minds be transformed, renewing of our minds. This is what he's talking about. In all these places, the Holy Spirit testifies to us and uses all these things to describe an utter dependence upon Him. And this is what Paul meant when he told the Galatians, I am crucified with Christ, yet I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. All of these examples. In short, it's believing that God is in control, and so I simply look to Him and trust Him for the outcome and receive my supply from Him. It's not believing God for a miracle. You know, I think a lot of times that's what we do. We believe God for a miracle. I'm believing God for a miracle. And then we're disappointed. No, it's putting my full confidence in Him for whatever the outcome is and whatever the situation is. God, you can do a miracle, but I'm looking to you because I trust you. No matter what's going on, no matter what happens, I believe you have the best in mind for me in this situation. And so help me to rest in that. When we begin to take these steps in our life and we walk with Jesus in this way, when we see God come through in so many ways, whether it's peace that passes understanding, whether it's calming the storm, or whether it's calming His child through the storm, whatever it might be, He gives us peace in our hearts, a peace that passes understanding to guard our hearts and minds. He gives us provision. He gives us all that we need. And it's glorious to live that way. I think in this chapter, we can, we can get so swept up by the grandiosity of this miracle, you know, feeding the 5,000, you know, the provision. And we look to God, oh, well, can you provide like that for me, God? But that's not what he's trying to teach us. In fact, this miracle is, is so important. And what Jesus did here and the lesson he's teaching us is so important that this is the only miracle that is recorded in all four Gospels except for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is the only one that's repeated in every single Gospel. And so we don't want to miss what Jesus is telling, teaching his disciples. Verse 12, it says, When the day it began to wear away, the twelve came and said to him, Send the multitude away 
that we may go into the surrounding towns and country, that they may go to the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions, for we are in a deserted place. Notice the contrast. Jesus received them, has compassion on them. He sees them as sheep without a shepherd. They saw a problem. They saw a problem. And, and I, I can totally relate to this because oftentimes when somebody comes to me or I'm, I'm ministering to somebody, I see problems. I, I see problems. I, I, I see somebody who can't pay their rent and I'm like, should I pay their rent? I see somebody who, who has a marriage problem or, or messed up things going on in their lives and like, how do I fix this? And I carry that burden. And I, I see people with, with all kinds of issues and, and, and things and they bring them to the church. They bring them to me. And, and, and sometimes I'm, I'm foolish enough to say, well, this is up to me to solve. But it's not up to me to solve. It's, it's God's problem. And Jesus is adequate. He is perfect in meeting whatever need it might be. And maybe that's because he's telling me, yes, I do want you to pay this person's rent. And, and so sometimes that happens. But at the end of the day, I just have to be obedient to Jesus and trust him with them. To trust him that he's going to take care of things. And it is amazing when I get out of the way how he does that. You see, these disciples saw this problem. They were focused on their own resources, their own strengths, their own ability. But So Jesus, because of that, he puts the ball in their court. Notice what he says, verse 13. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. This makes me smile. Not just because I've been there, but it makes me smile because if you look back in verse 10, they told Jesus all that they had done. Remember that? All that they had done. And what they were saying when they told him all that they had done was that they were forgetting verse 1, which says this, Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over demons and to cure diseases. So now he gives them an, an opportunity to show what they can do. Or did they misunderstand that they got power to do these things? And I think that we do this as well. Most of us do. We go to our own resources. We go to what we understand instead of going to Him. And I think that that's a problem. You know, it's, it's no different. And I think that Jesus could easily have said the same thing to these 12 guys that Paul said to the Galatians. Galatian church started in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, trusting God, moving forward, seeing God work miracles among them. And He says this to them in Galatians 3.3, Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, that you are now being made perfect in the flesh. Is that, is that how we operate? Is that how we, we work as Christians to, to now trust in ourselves rather than God? Or do we look to God? Looking at verse nine or verse 13 again, they, they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. Now, the other gospels give us some insight into this dilemma. Mark tells us that they said, should we go out? Should we go and spend 200 denarii, 200 days' wages? Imagine working for 200 days, and that would probably be about right. 200 days' wages to feed 5,000 people. That's probably about right. John actually says 200 denarii wouldn't be enough to feed all these people. In John 15:5, we remember what Jesus says 
uh, concerning our relationship with him, what he told his disciples. And this is the theme verse for our church, right? I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and I abide in you, bear much fruit and without me you can do nothing. This is the lesson I've been trying to learn for myself and trying to teach you for the last 20 years. That our sufficiency, that our, our hope, that our supply is in Jesus alone. Without Him, we can do nothing. And Jesus doesn't give us a job or a command or a ministry that we could ever do. Wait a minute, I thought God wouldn't give you more than you can handle. That's never been my experience. Seems like God always gives us way more than we could ever handle. And, and then we have to trust Him to do the work. What God is telling you will likely never be convenient, affordable, fit nicely into your schedule, the way that you were already headed, or possible with your own resources. But if we believe Him and look to Him, we will do the impossible by His strength, not by our own. And it's a rush, man. It's a joy. It's a, it's, it's, it's liberating to know that Jesus is all we need, that He is our provision. David knew this when he fought Goliath. Do you think that he ran out into that field thinking, well, I've been out training in the field with the sheep. I can take on that warrior who's been a warrior since he was a youth. I'm just a youth, but I could take him. Think Jason, do you think David said that? No, David didn't say that. David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine defying the armies of the living God? This guy is offending our God, and if nobody's willing to go out and fight him, I will because I know that God will fight for me. And so David goes to the, to the creek, and he pulls out five smooth stones. Well, why five smooth stones? He only needs one to take down Goliath, right? Well, if you read about it, Goliath of Gath had four brothers. David had faith. He trusted God. He didn't believe that he could take on the Philistine giant. He believed that God could. Gideon. Well, Gideon's probably more like me. He puts out a fleece, right? Remember that? He's hiding when the angel of the Lord appears to him and says, hey, God wants you to, mighty man of valor. Me? You know, he's hiding. And, and, then, and then God says, I want you to do this. I want you to go against the, the Midianites. And he, so he says, okay, well, if it's really God, then he puts out a fleece, you know, a literal fleece on the ground. He says, let the fleece be dry and the ground be wet. And then in the morning, let the ground be dry and the fleece be wet. And God answered his fleeces. And so finally, he gathered together 20,000 warriors to go against the hundreds of thousands of Malik, Amal, or Midianites. And as he's getting ready for battle, the Lord says, it's too many. And so he says, if anybody's afraid, let him go home. A whole bunch of people went home. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208 365 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.